Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Eye of the Watch podcast. Today I am alone. My name is Sam, aka Just Casual, if you do not know me. And if you're watching on YouTube, hello, here's my insert adjective and then face. Um, we are going to go through a new article. We've done this before 10 Thoughts, NALCS Spring 2018. And this is going into week nine, the last week of the LCS, where playoff spots will be secured. People, uh, dreams and hearts will be broken. Let's see what Kian Lam has to say this week. Don't call it a Morgana bind because this split went by so quickly. Because Morgana binds take freaking forever. One week left, three teams eliminated from playoff contention with one more to join them. Either Counter Logic Gaming, Team Liquid or TSM will find themselves on the outside looking in. All three organizations wear heartbreak on their sleeve, but which one will wear it most prominently? Here's this week's 10 thoughts. FYI, this is not a power ranking. So number one, Cloud9, Dark Elementalist Luck. If you guys aren't aware, Sneaky uh, released his latest cosplay where he's dressed up as... At number one, we have Cloud9 at 11 and 5. Dark Elementalist Luck. Guess we know the skin Sneaky will be picking if C9 wins Worlds. The MVP race is going to be pretty interesting going down the stretch if Fox continue their slide. Then you'd figure a player from C9 would be the favorite. But with so many teams clustered together in the standing, it's going to be a tough call. Jensen and Smoothie are definitely both in the running, so my advice for them this week is to take all the kills. Smoothie should just run Ignite and spam oops, sorry didn't mean to after he takes the kills. Alright, so my thoughts on this, yeah, MVP race is gonna be, I think there are a lot of players in the running and it's pretty close so this last week might be determining who gets MVP for the split. Should be really interesting. But anyway, Cloud9, they are at the top of the standings. Most likely they will not lose a playoff by. So C9 is against Team Liquid and FlyQuest. Uh, FlyQuest could pull out an upset. I don't think it's going to happen. Even though Cloud9 has been looking worse, I think Cloud9 really wants to secure their playoff bye. So we're not going to see really weird shenanigans from Cloud9. I think the fall with Cloud9 and Echo Fox, I think they were just experimenting with things with a little bit of uh, cushion on their ranking. And now they've gotten very, very close and they might lose that first place spot. But I think they looked at their schedule and they realized they can sacrifice some things, especially with Echo Fox's slump. Because honestly, first seed and second seed might not be that much difference when we talk about their playoff performance or their regular season performances where Cloud9 and Echo Fox were kind of set apart from everyone else in the league. We did see some weakness recently. But again, I think that was Cloud9 just kind of testing things out and not necessarily a slump in their actual performance plus best of threes best of fives i actually don't know what the playoffs are playing with i'm guessing best of fives but with that i think cloud nine has a lot of experience reaper their coach has a lot of experience so drafting will be good and i'm not too worried about cloud nine so i think the author's right, just focusing on who's going to get MVP because Cloud9 will do just fine. So Echo Fox at number two at 11 and five, tied for first place. Kian, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. But anyway, their first O2 week. What have you done for me lately? Is my second favorite metric to predict playoff successes in, success in any sport. Which team has a better mascot is number one. 
which means Fox's slide to end the season doesn't bode well for them in my book. When they were winning, they were playing with a lot of swagger, but that can come with sloppiness and they'd show signs of flailing in the mid game even when they were winning. You want steady play when it comes to playoffs? That makes Fox a difficult team to bet on, a very difficult team to bet on. So Fox has a kind of similar schedule to Cloud9, actually. They're both playing they're both playing FlyQuest, and we also see Fox is matched up with a top-tier top team of 100 Thieves. Team Liquid and 100 Thieves, not really sure which one's better. Team Liquid did take a really, really clean game off of 100 Thieves, but 100 Thieves looked amazing last week against the bottom teams and amazing in their win against TSM. So anyway, Echo Fox is probably going to go 1-1. I predict that 100 Thieves is going to beat them. I think... I think Fox's bot lane has been exposed and they got to figure out what they need to do about that. And with the changes in the top lane meta, we're not seeing Huni playing top lane carries. That being said, you can counterpick tanks. You can play around that. You could put Adrian on a tank. You could put uh, Dardock on a tank. Maybe even the mid laner could play like tanky Galio. Phoenix could play a tanky Galio or... Who knows, right? And then you can have an AD carry that can kind of just self-peel or just like kill people by themselves. I think if they figure out a way to utilize Huni better than just putting him on a Cho'Gath, which kind of can do a lot, I think then Echo Fox can possibly put out the 2-0. But I think probably with his with his experience over um, Inero, I think probably has the draft better and the team... Just 100 Thieves just seem to have a very clear understanding of how to win a game and play that play to that win condition. So Fox, I can see dropping a game. And that means 100 Thieves could possibly take that first place spot or tied for first place spot. So let's just go into that. Number three, we have 100 Thieves at 10 and 6. Holy crap, this is my team, baby. Sunrise, 100, finally put Someday on a carry and he carried... Darius Dunks 101, or should I say 100? <laughs> this will be a particularly scary team come playoffs because they can play around the top and bottom sides of the map with relative ease. I think a lot of hype around Cody Sun slowed down when he had his infamous Cody Dunn play at Worlds last year, but he's leading the league in kills and kill participation at the moment. Now, 100 have a tough week with CG and Fox on deck. This will be a good glimpse at their playoff per playoff form. So. I think even if 100 Thieves goes 0-2, which I don't expect, I think they will go 2-0. I don't think they go 0-2. But even if they go 0-2, that means they drop to 10-8. and 8. They still get playoff by, and they probably get, actually, they probably get last place. They probably get sixth place, which is not that big of a deal because they'll face whoever is in third place or fourth place, and that's going to be any of these teams right here. And I think 100 Thieves has shown that they can beat any of the teams from 3 to 6. Anyway, so... 100 Thieves actually winning out, not as big of a deal. Because <clears throat> if, if <laughs> it's funny, because if they win out or they lose out, they could still potentially have the same playoff matchup, which is just ridiculous because this whole four teams from two to six is really, really close. Uh, maybe kind of logic gaming as well. But yeah, this should be really, 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 really interesting. So 100 Thieves, I think, are going to look amazing. They're going to find so much strength going to the playoff with Prolly, who has just been drafting amazingly. And again, even with the tricky drafts, I think 100 Thieves, the team, have done a very, very good job in playing to the win condition. I said this before. 
I am repeating myself way too much, but that's what I really, really believe. That's really, really impressive because you have smart coaches, uh, maybe like Reaper might say, and then the team doesn't play towards those win conditions. Or maybe TSM is the same way with Song. Yeah, actually, I would say TSM is the same way. I think Song, I'm not really, I don't really know how good or bad his drafts are, but I'm pretty sure they've been pretty good. And TSM hasn't been able to play towards those win conditions. And we've seen that. So uh, number four on the list, we got Clutch Gaming, 10 and 6, tied with 100 Thieves. Steady growth. The win over Fox last week was a big statement game made from CG. They've been very good against teams below them, but not good against teams above them in the standings. Sometimes it just takes a win like this to give a team the confidence to believe they are capable of winning it all. In any sport, there are teams and players who think they are good. And then there are teams who don't think that at all. For those teams, there's never any doubt. They just know instinctually they're good. I don't know where CG's mentality is right now, but to me, this is a very good team. All their players are top 5 in KDA, with Solo, Hakuho, Fabivan all leading their respective roles. Yeah, I like this opinion. I actually think CG doesn't have a mentality issue, and this is just assumptions and listening to interviews and seeing how they talk about their team. But I think Solo, Solo has no reason to feel bad. I think that he has proven himself to be almost a licorice, but I don't think that's a chip on his shoulder. I don't think he really cares that licorice is talked about more than Solo. All of Clutch Gaming is used to being ignored and not valued, and they just keep performing. So what I see is that Clutch Gaming is like, why do people hate us? We're doing well. People are stupid. And I think that's what Clutch Gaming's mentality is. So I don't think there is any worry about their mentality thinking they're not good. I think they believe strongly believe that they can be number one doesn't mean that they are number one but they can they can totally take gains off of the number one seed and they could finish NALCS number one champions for this split and I don't think that is a crazy possibility I think that is realistic just because I mean it's his first the teams are still figuring themselves out it's best of ones not as many games and uh yeah that's clutch gaming Liquid Sweat. How did Liquid even end up in this position? Will the gravitational pull from 4th place be enough to save them from falling out of the playoffs? They've been incredibly average for weeks now, which is decidedly not a good look for a team of stars. It'd take a pretty major collapse for them to miss playoffs altogether at this point, 3 straight losses, one of which to Optic at that, but Liquid fans may remember having lost 3 games at the end of their season in the past. Maybe it's Impact's declining form. Maybe it's Doublelift's lane focus not synergizing well with Ole's Rome style. They could still figure it out, but I just wonder if it's too late in the season and in these players' career to expect a changeup in their styles. Ooh, in the players' career. I think you're talking about Impact and Doublelift. Eh, maybe Pole Belter. I mean, Pole Belter, maybe Pole Belter needs to be more selfish and carry games, but I think this might be an over-exaggeration. And I'm getting that from probably not that reliable of a source. Watching breaking or not breaking point, watching squads and listening to Team Liquid and when talking about what they're going through, the the consensus from that is that Team Liquid is kind of messing around and testing stuff and not playing just what they're strong at, right? They're trying to grow as a team and they're not just be like, all right, we could camp double lift and we could just carry from there if you pick me, Caitlin. Uh, I don't know if that is actually what they were trying to do or that is their their best option, but they are avoiding 
doing that. They are actually trying to practice new things and figure out how to play those and stretch themselves, right? So this is the thing. I think Team Luka knows that they're a top caliber team and that might be cockiness. I'm not really sure, but they know they're like the best, right? And you have a person like Doublelift who's, who is like, we are the best team and everyone is trash, whether it's right or wrong. So there's a lot of confidence there. Maybe that's a, a bit uh, too much confidence, but we will see. So Team Liquid is testing their, testing their styles, testing different win conditions and seeing how they can play against that. So we've seen Team Liquid have glimpses of glory and that's because they have all-star players. So I think what's going to happen this last week, they're going to play... They're going to play to win it, right? We might see them go 2-0. They should go at least 1-1. They're against Optic Gaming, which is looking... Oh, just looking very sad. And then they're against Cloud9. I think they could beat Cloud9. I don't know if they will, but I think they can beat Cloud9. I think... Actually, I take that back. I think Cloud9 wins that one. So then I think Team Luka goes 1-1 because I believe unless Impact is able to show something, beat his lane opponent, I think Team Liquid and Cloud9 are so similar that the matchup might be determined in the top lane. Unless the whole double lift Ole synergy falls apart and maybe double lift and Ole are able to get a lead in the bot lane. But I think, oh geez, I don't know where they focus. I think both teams could focus on the bot lane and maybe they, if Cloud9 doesn't focus on bot lane while Team Liquid does, I think Sneaky will actually fall behind a little bit behind Doublelift and Doublelift might be able to carry the game. That's my thought. I think Team Liquid still makes playoffs. Next, we have TSM at number six, who is also nine and seven tied with Team Liquid. Surely they'll make playoffs, right? Step one, spend the season being critical of TSM because you expected better of them. Step two, pick them to win the whole thing anyway. I've got TSM over Michigan State University in my March Madness bracket. <laughs> If they enter the playoffs in the sixth seed but still win the spring split, then we're not going to remember the regular season anyway. That said, the ultimate storyline would be seeing TSM stumble on Saturday. It's against GGS, so unlikely. So then we get to see a 9 and 8 TSM taking on a 8 and 9 CLG at the end of the split. I imagine the tension and pressure of a game like that would actually be good for TSM's development if they win it. I don't see either of these teams going 0 and 2. Right, Team Liquid should go one on one. TSM should go one on one. If not, either of those teams can go two and zero. So with that, I think they're right. TSM does make playoffs. I don't think they can lose to Golden Guardians. Although I think Golden Guardians could beat them, but TSM, if we were talking about earlier in the season, because Golden Guardians looking better and better, I don't think they look good enough to beat what TSM is looking like right now. Mike Young has shown tons of improvement with Walden helping him. Mike Young's mentality and comfort and just familiarity with the stage is growing and growing with the team as well. I think TSM go 2-0 and maybe get the fifth place spot. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. TSM's just looking better. Moving on to number seven, we have Counter Logic Gaming at seven and nine. Too little, too late. Everything needs to go right in order for CLG to sneak into playoffs, which means almost everything will go right until they do something dumb at Elder Dragon. Oh, savage. One can see CLG's future by looking at their past. CLG making playoffs after the start they had would be one of the most remarkable runs we've ever seen in the NALCS. Everybody on the team has been playing well, but I think Stixa in particular has really stood out when compared to CLG's struggles earlier in, on in the season. 
He's tied with Cody Sun with most kills in the league at 70, 20 of which came last weekend. They'll need some help to get in at this point, though. I think them finishing 9 and 9 on a six game win streak, but missing playoffs is a very likely outcome. I think he hit the nail on the head on this one. I think it makes perfect sense. Even if COG beat TSM, TSM gets one win and then boom, it's done. And like I said, Liquid, done. Uh, I don't know if there's much to say. CLG does look so much better, but at the same time, they still look like crap. Because <laughs> like last last week, they had a really, really rough game that just looked really, really sloppy, even though they have been looking better uh, if we just talk about the last few weeks, just as a whole. Number eight, we have FlyQuest, a bird in the bush. Watching them fail to close out that game against CLG is pretty much the only glimpse you need to get a grasp of how their season went. Fly has some massive synergy issues, and maybe an offseason will help them figure that out. Compared to the other two teams at the bottom of the standings, I don't see as many people pointing at individual players as being the problem. But maybe that just makes it hard to actually understand why they struggled. To Fly, a chick must first jump from the nest. I'm unsure if Fly's split was a freefall, or they simply haven't jumped yet. What do I want to say about FlyQuest? They're against Echo Fox and Cloud9 this week. Probably lose both of them. I don't see any, I think, like, there's nothing, there's nothing to talk about with FlyQuest. Uh, whatever. All right, for number nine, Golden Guardians, four and 12. Tired for last place with Optic Gaming. All that withers is gold. Their consecutive weeks with a win finally came to a halt last weekend. I think Golden Guardians definitely showed growth over the split, but I guess it doesn't make much sense for me for that to be the goal. Maybe that was just them tempering expectations, but it's not like being at the bottom of the table nets any tangible reward rewards like draft picks and sports. So what does an offseason look like for them? Is their path of growth defined well enough to make the leap from perceptions of not belonging to actually making worlds in the summer? In the new world of franchises, I wonder if teams will be willing to give struggling rosters more time. Yeah, this one's really interesting. I like what he brought up because now we have a franchise system. Everyone's talking about long-term, long-term growth, all that kind of stuff. Golden Guardians, they the story behind them at the early beginning of the season, which I don't think was intentional for Gordon Guardians, they have an all NA squad. That wasn't their intention. They weren't trying to build an all NA squad. They're not a xenophobic organization. And now realizing that they are not super great. Actually, I take that back. As an all NA squad, I think Golden Guardians have performed really, really well. High thinks that they are a middle of the pack team. I think they are better than FlyQuest. I think they might be better than CLG. And that's it. Again, all these mid, mid-tier mid teams that are struggling, like Team Liquid and... Yeah, just Team Liquid, I think uh, are just messing around. And because of that, I think that Golden Guardians... If you look at all those mid-tier team performances right now, yes, Golden Guardians could beat them on their best day. But I also don't think that those mid-tier organizations and teams are playing actually like... I think they're kind of messing around a little bit. I think they know they have playoffs, so they're experimenting. The patch just came out, so things are a little weird. And they are just playing playing for growth rather than for wins, necessarily. Not ignoring wins. So I think Golden Guardians actually is just an 8th, 7th place team. I think they're better than FlyQuest. I think that's pretty much it. Oh, no. I take that back. I think they're better than FlyQuest and CLG. Yeah, that puts them at seven. So still out of playoffs. I can't do math. This is a long recording. So yeah, I don't know about Golden Guardians. I think they might want to take make a change and you might change on the mid laner. 
find an import slot for a mid laner, replace high. Uh, I would love to see high as a support again. I think Matt's doing a great job, but I think depending on how value the shot calling aspect of, yeah, I think it really depends on how valuable high shot calling is compared to what a better mid laner can bring to the game, their shot calling ability, contract shot calling ability, and Matt's shot calling ability. And those are things that are hard to determine outside of a game or outside of an organization. All right, number 10, we have Optic Gaming at 4 and 12, tied for last place with Golden Guardians. In need of some downtime, Optic's split continues to be summed up by their inability to play around the top lane. I've said it for weeks, but that needs to be the thing they address in the offseason. I'm not so sure it's an easy, it's as easy as sticking a new player in. As is though, as is though, the formula to beating Optic seems, seems to be simple. Camp top. Their struggles may have been exasperated by having a rookie coach as well. It was a major adjustment period for the players and the organization. I think Optic is a team most likely to see some restructuring in the offseason, and this final weekend may serve more as an audition for some of their players. That'd be interesting. I'm not really sure if Optic is going to bring up people from their Academy League. You know what would be really interesting? If Golden Guardians bought out Power of Evil. There's no reason why Optic would give up Power of Evil unless they're able to get a big enough contract where they're able to find two other people that they can sub in for Power of Evil. That would be interesting. Because I think Power of Evil could actually carry Golden Guardians to be a mid-tier team. That would be interesting. Don't think it's happening. <sighs> yeah, Optic just looks bad. I feel really... <laughs> the game... Uh, 100 Thieves versus Optic Gaming. I did, I did um like uh, a match recap of that one or an analysis, I guess you can say. And holy crap, I felt so bad for Zig. Zig was just, you could see his face. He was tilted. He was just like, I am tired of this. I just want to play some League of Legends and you guys are camping my lane and making it difficult. He deserved it because he played poorly. Uh, he Or maybe not poorly. He just positioned poorly and is somewhat unlucky. But yeah, that really, really sucks. Power of Evil Arrow carrying that team so hard with very little help from the rest of the team. But I don't know who, who you find. I think you could like, I think you could trade players from Golden Guardians to Optic and maybe like even them out so everyone is a net win. Ugh, that would be interesting. That'd be very interesting if there was like just a trade between those two. Like they bet on like, oh, if we're being high, we can make. Do something really cool. Like high in the jungle for... Oh, there you go. Put high in the jungle for Optic Gaming. And then you... I don't know who Optic Gaming wants to give up. They don't want to give up Power of Evil Arrow. That's just dumb. So, um... Oh, that'd be so interesting if they picked up high as a jungler on Optic Gaming. Yeah, it's really curious to see what Optic Gaming will do in the offseason and how... How little faith or how much faith they have in their players. Just because Zig's not going to get any bigger, better, I don't think. Doklo at least is young talent, so if he performs just as well as Zig, then at least he has a ceiling that is unknown. Zig, I think, is we've seen his ceiling and it's not very great. I don't know who you find. You gotta find some crazy rookies like Licorice to bring in. Otherwise, you just don't we don't see it. Because you can't get any more imports with Power of Evil and Arrow being on the roster. Maybe replace Arrow. Uh, but Arrow's been playing well, but maybe like Oh man, I don't know. I I think you I think you replace Arrow if you can instead. I think he's less important of an import spot than uh than power evil evil. And maybe you 
use the import slot to take a bow top laner or something. The match preview, CLG versus TSM. Nah, that's not the match preview. Okay, let's read it, what he says. This is the type of game that has the potential to reset the entire rivalry. For CLG fans, the first time they knocked TSM in the 2000, knocked out TSM in the 2015 Summer Finals at Madison Square Garden was legendary. I think it was a 3-0, it was crazy. It was a lifting of a curse and a burden they shouldered for years as a lesser team of the rivalry. But this game, this could be their first step towards knocking TSM out of the playoff out of playoff contentions altogether. They'd have to win a tiebreaker as well. I can't imagine a dreamier scenario for the pettiest of CLG fans. TSM would have made 10 straight NALCS finals, then missing the playoffs would be so surreal. But possibly, here we are. CLG doesn't have any control over their own fate, though. They need Team Liquid to go 0-2 this weekend against C9 and Golden Guardians, or for TSM to go 0-2. And even then, they'd only be forcing a tiebreaker. There's a world in which CLG finishes a split and a six-game win streak, but on the outside of playoffs looking in, even though they might be in the best form of any team in the league at that point. That would be that would truly be counter logic. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um the only reason why this might be the match of the week is depending on how TSM, if TSM loses this game or if Team Liquid loses this game. And they're, they are really actually looking for that tiebreaker last sixth place spot. That could be super, super big. But I doubt that's going to happen. So I would say the match of the week would be 100 Thieves versus Clutch Gaming. Or... I would say 100 Thieves versus Echo Fox. Because I think... 100 Thieves versus Echo Fox is the game that determines if 100 Thieves gets the first place, uh, <clears throat> probably the first place buy, or the first round buy. I'm sorry. Now, uh, I might be a little bit biased because I'm a 100 Thieves fan, but I, I think this is the game to watch. I think this is the scariest game. I think 100 Thieves is a team to watch this week because that's they're so interesting because... I think their games are going to be good. They're going to be hard games, and they're the only team that actually has two hard games in a row. Um, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. It would have been, I think it would have been interesting if CLG versus TSM was the last game of the, the day. Whatever. Anyway, I think that pretty much rounds out the 10 thoughts going into NALCS Spring 2018. Uh, sorry, I just did this by myself. Hopefully it was interesting enough. Hopefully I got through it fast enough. I stumbled over a lot of words, but thank you for being so forgiving. If you like this, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube if you want more of this content. If you're listening to us on podcast, don't forget to share this with your friends. Let us know, tweet us, contact me in Discord or whatever. I want to hear from you guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Eye of the Watch podcast where we give you all the support and insight you need to get hyped about League of Legends esports. See you guys next time.